My prayer this morning, Father, is a simple one, that you would give me a heart for your word and a word for our hearts. Amen. Today is often called the birthday of the church, and sometimes uh, for the children's sermon, I would make a birthday cake and we'd sing happy birthday to the church. Uh, We often recount the sound and the fury of the mighty rushing wind, or we look to Pentecost, which was the Jewish celebration of the first fruits and the first fruits of the church. If you were listening, there were 3,000 added to the church that day. That means each of the 12 apostles had to do about 270, 280 baptisms each. The, The River Jordan was a little bit busy that day. Now, I've had the opportunity to do outside baptisms when uh, you're at Creation on Saturday afternoon, the Creation Music Festival. Anybody who's made a decision or wants to reaffirm goes to the pond. And it's, it's a real pond. It's got the muck on the bottom, and if you step too much, the sulfur comes up. It, it smells delightful. And literally hundreds of people will line up and uh, run out to the pond to the pastor, and usually there's a helper because it's a little slippery at the pond, and hundreds of people get baptized in one day. It was the first fruits. But you know what? As I look at the Church of Jesus Christ today and at King's, we don't need a history lesson, and we don't need a reminder of what God has done in the past. We need the Holy Spirit to fill us, move us, empower us, evangelize us, enlarge this church and this community. As I prepared this sermon, I got a very clear image of the church today, and I'm going to quote my best friend, Bob. One of Bob's favorite jokes is this. What are flashlights for? To store dead batteries. What is the church of Jesus Christ for right now? to store dead Christians. I want you to get this image that we're all like batteries and we don't have any power yet. Right? Look what happened to these people. They got filled with the Holy Spirit and what they do, they ran outside and told people about Jesus. When's the last time any of us have been so inspired by the Holy Spirit that we ran out the front door of the church and started telling people about Jesus? The church of Jesus Christ today is powerless. And I'm going to tell you something you don't want to hear. It's our fault. We're like a drawer of batteries waiting for a charge. You know what we need? We need a new birthday. We need a birthday for this church and for the church universal. So I want you to, if you're taking notes, write the word power Straight down, P-O-W-E-R. I'm going to go through five points, and then we're going to talk about them. But the first one, these are the things that the disciples all had in common on that Pentecost Sunday. The first thing that happened is they were patiently prayerful. There's two Ps there, but we're only going to use one. Ten days ago, Jesus had ascended. He took them up to a high hill. He blessed them. He gave them the... The Great Commission, go, preach, teach, baptize in my name. And up he went. And the last thing he said was, go to Jerusalem and wait. Now, Jerusalem was the one place none of them wanted to go. That's the place where they had just crucified Jesus. 
the Romans were looking for them, the Jewish leaders were looking for them, and that Jesus said, go to Jerusalem, the scariest place. So they were all in a room together, and what do you think they did for 10 days? I don't think they played backgammon. I don't think they played hand and foot, the card game. I think that they patiently prayed. Part of it was for protection. Lord, don't let the evil Romans and the Jewish leaders get us. Part of it was, where do you want us to go from here? And part of it might have been that prayer of Elisha. Lord, give me a double portion of your spirit. But they were prayerfully patient or patiently prayerful. You could write it either way. The second thing they were, and this is a tough one for us, they were obedient. They went to the one place that none of them wanted to go. Is there a place that God is calling you to go? A scary place? A dark place? An uncomfortable place? God is calling us, like he called them, to be obedient. The W in our word power is willing. They were willing to be filled. Now, in my children's sermon, the balloons didn't get a choice. But we get a choice. You can actually deny the filling of God by your choices, by your actions, by what you choose to believe, by what you choose not to believe. You can restrict the movement of the Holy Spirit. You have to be willing. You have to pray that prayer that says, fill me, use me. The E stands for evangelistic. I I covered this in in the beginning. What did they do when they got filled with the Holy Spirit? They ran outside to tell people about Jesus. Have you ever had what my, my aunt used to call itchy feet? My aunt loved to travel. She traveled all over the world. And she would say, oh, I'm getting itchy feet. And that meant that she was buying a ticket to go someplace else. Now, my sister and I, being very young at the time, we had this image of this old lady whipping off her shoe and, you know, scratching away at her feet. She had itchy feet. God wants us to have itchy feet to go tell people about Jesus. Now, if you can't tell people about Jesus, you can support other people who are going to tell people about Jesus. Uh, Two friends of mine are going to Uganda. They sent a letter and they asked for help. And I'm not going to Uganda, but they are, and I get to support them. The next month, I got a letter from a friend who's going to Nigeria, asking for money. They must think I'm rich. I'm not rich, but the Holy Spirit is. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and guess what? I wrote a check. My money is going to Nigeria to share the gospel. Now, in June, I always take part of my tithe, and I devote it to Christian Endeavor. Well, that is me. (laughs) I'm going to West Virginia the first week in July to tell people about Jesus. The church of Jesus Christ needs to be evangelistic. I want you to hear the last one, the R in power, is that they received God's blessing and reward. Have you ever gotten a gift, a surprise gift, one you weren't ready for from a person you, you weren't really sure even knew that your birthday or Christmas was coming up, and you're sort of caught open-handed, and we look at them and we go, but uh, 
I don't have anything for you. That's the kind of gift the Holy Spirit is. It should surprise us. It should, it should um, enliven us. It should enlighten us. It should encourage us and empower us. And yet, the Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is always here. And yet, we're still dead batteries in the drawer. Now, here's some difficult questions. When, how, and for what do you pray? Do you pray for this church? Do you pray for this community? Do you pray for a move of the Holy Spirit to fill this place with with the Shekinah glory of God? There were times that the tabernacle was so filled with the presence of God, the people had to leave because they got propelled again out of the temple. God wants to work through you and through kings. When, how, and for what do you pray? Do you lift up your pastor? Do you lift up the children? Do you say, Holy Spirit, fill this place and make us, give us the power of those first century Christians? Well, that's followed by our second question, which is this. Are you obedient to the word of God? Are you giving? Are you working? Are you waiting? Are you confessing? Are you pruning? So that when God calls you, you're ready. I have a friend, a grown man, who is joining the Catholic Church today. They're accepting members, and he went to confession um, on Wednesday. Now, He'd never been to confession before, and he came out of there walking like 10 feet off the ground because for the first time in his life, he understood the power of saying, this is what I did wrong, and hearing, because the priest doesn't forgive sin, the priest reminds you that God forgives your sins, and he heard the words, in the name of Jesus, your sins are forgiven. And all of a sudden, that balloon with the hole on the end doesn't have a hole on the end anymore. He says, I feel like I went to therapy for my whole life. I feel free. We can offer that to everybody who walks through the door. Dead batteries. Are you willing? This is a tough one. Think of your life as a scale. And there's the things you want to do and the things that God is calling you to do. Or the things that you like to do that you're not really sure God would approve of, but they're not really that bad. And you know, everybody needs to relax after a long day at work. And you know, sometimes I just need time for myself. And the you side of the scale is outweighing the God side of the scale. And you're filling your balloon with the wrong stuff. God's work, hear this, God's work is inconvenient. It's unpopular, and it's time-consuming. To give your life, to be willing to be filled and moved by the Holy Spirit means that you may have to give up some of the things that you enjoy and you love to focus on the things that God enjoys and God loves. (sighs) 
maybe you need to ask, is my balloon filled with something other than the Spirit of God? Evangelistic. I, I shared in Sunday School this morning that I just finished on Thursday reading uh, God Smuggler, the story of Brother Andrew, who, by the way, is still alive. He's 94. I looked him up. He's still alive, and he built an entire ministry. You may remember, for those of us that were in Sunday School back in the late 70s, 60s and early 70s, this man had a little Volkswagen, and he would put Bibles in it and drive into behind the Iron Curtain and pray that God would lead him to the right person and hand out Bibles. And then he got the idea because in um, Cyrillic, the Bibles are huge because the print is so big. He actually got a printer to make pocket-sized Cyrillic Bibles and raised the money to have them printed and then snuck them in. And one by one, God added to his team and by the time they were done, they're, they're still a ministry. They're still ministering behind, not the Iron Curtain anymore, but the Bamboo Curtain. And they have a ministry to Cuba. Now, here's something very interesting. At the time they went to visit Cuba, Cuba had announced that they were going to let two planes a day leave, and people put their names on a list to get out of Cuba. It's about 190 people every day could leave Cuba and go to the U.S. or some non-communist nation. Brother Andrew preached to them that they were in their mission field, right where they were. They did not need to go to Uganda or Nigeria. They were in their mission field. People in their town, in their community, and in their country needed to hear the word of God. Well, I think Brother Andrew, if he were here, would preach that sermon to you. You are in your mission field. There are people around you that really need to know Jesus. We are in a ministry of presence everywhere, whether we want to admit it or not. Then you have to ask this question. Are you living in such a way that others will be drawn, compelled, or just curious about the Christian faith? Do you pray and look for opportunities to share the gospel? And if asked, are you prepared to share what Jesus has done for you? Our fifth difficult question is this. Have you received the power and blessing of God? Or are you just a dead battery waiting for a heavenly charge? I want you to hear this. It's not a faith thing. More faith does not mean more spirit. It's not a church thing. Some denominations, some churches do not have more of the Holy Spirit than others. Every church has the Holy Spirit available for them. It's not a theology thing. My son and I talked about this on Thursday. There are some churches that truly believe that the power of the Holy Spirit died at the end of the first century with the last disciple. That's not what Jesus said. You will do what I've done, and you will do greater things. Your young men will dream dreams. Your old men will have visions. The Holy Spirit is available, to continue my metaphor, to fill your balloon or your battery. We believe, because it says it in the Bible, that the works of the Spirit never ended. 
God's spirit, God's gifting, God's purpose, God's power never ends. It's a God thing. So let's take a moment today and pray that God would give us prayerful patience, believing that his spirit is here, that he would give us obedience for ourselves and for our church, that we would be willing to be used by God, that evangelism would become a passion, and that we would recognize our own mission field and receive the power and blessing of God. Now, one of the things I'm sure they did in that upper room, waiting for 10 days, was that they shared the Lord's Supper. In fact, you remember, Jesus used elements that were part of everyday meals for them. And whether or not they had a liturgy like we do, and they had to break the bread to share it with each other, and they had to drink from the cup, and they were reminded what Jesus had done for them. So take a moment in prayerful silence to prepare your heart. Pray for forgiveness and pray for a fresh filling of God's Holy Spirit. Now take a moment to silently listen for God's vision and direction for you and for our church. And finally, let's take a moment and wait on the presence of the Holy Spirit to make itself known and to recharge our hearts, our vision, and our call. Amen.